Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the shit show of my 20s. On this episode, I spoke with Alex. We talk about her experience from managing at a young age and overseeing several clubs in her area to creating her first book, Teaching Your Ducklings to Fly, and what the writing process was like for her, and also what her transition was like from working full-time to coaching full-time. I hope you guys enjoy listening. So thank you so much for joining me today, Alex. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I'd love to start from like the beginning of your journey and hear what your background's like. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love the topic of your podcast. I think it's going to serve so many people. So happy to be here. Um, so my journey, just from the beginning, um, I started out probably five years ago um, in the fitness industry as a personal trainer um, and then worked my way up to um, manager and then mentor of other managers in the company. And then I was overseeing like five or six gyms. Um, but essentially my background, I know that's like a long, boring list, but my background is in coaching and transformation and, you know, wanting to be there to help and mentor, uh, others. That's really my background. And your background, you told, you mentioned that you were like a manager at 20. What was that like? Yeah. So for me, what one big thing I think I've learned is you have to always do the job that you want. So becoming a manager, I think I was like maybe 21 when I first took on more of a management role and no one, I was definitely not the first person they thought of. I wasn't the person that they were like, Oh, it should be Alex. This is the person it should be. But I just started to do the job. So like I started creating little development meetings for the group, my uh, other people on my team, I started doing and helping doing one-on-one time with them for whatever they needed. Um, and then like people started noticing and that's sort of how I got it so quickly, but I did it like without pay. I did it without anyone asking me to. And I think that's a, a big thing I notice where people really feel like they deserve a promotion or deserve more. And for me, I'm like, work for it. Just do the thing you want. Like stop waiting for someone to give it to you. What's the biggest thing you took away from that job? <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Um, by, I think by the time that I left, my life was insane where I was working like 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day going and going and really had like four or five jobs, not just one. And I think probably the biggest thing is saying no and knowing that when you say yes to something, you know, you're turning away so many other opportunities. And if it's not the thing that you really love, the thing that you think is going to get you to where you want to be, the quickest, then you should definitely saying no because you're not going to be able to give it your all and like everyone around you will feel bad yeah and did you have any like hesitancy like stepping into that role were you like questioning am I going to be able to do this role is this role for me 
Yeah, 100%. And it wasn't just me questioning it. Like, I think part of why your podcast, like, resonates with me is, like, when you're young and especially a younger woman, like, it's not just you questioning it. Everyone around you is as well. And you hear it where people will say, like, are you are you really the person that should be doing this? Are you ready for this much responsibility? Like, are you going to be able to have a voice amidst all these people? And so... You know, I would definitely, it wasn't just me, it was so many other people around me. Um, and it, I, it's definitely a hard thing to have to hear. But honestly, because I heard it so much, it pushed me to work harder than I think a lot of the, I was in a ma- very male-dominant environment where every manager was a guy, every leader was a guy in that company, aside from, like, a select few. And because I work and, like, pushed for so much more, like, you could tell from the results. Where, like, I think a lot of other men who, like, weren't hearing that just sort of speeded by. And what was your transition like from working there to building your coaching business? How'd that look like for you? Uh, <laughs> the the positives I would say are working from home is amazing. I love the freedom that comes with it and, you know, getting to expand before I was only working in fitness. And now I am, you know, helping leaders all over the world, um, build their mission, build their vision, grow incredible teams. Um, so one, my environment became way, way less stressful um, where I could finally make time for myself and work out um, and, you know, get back to doing things that were more in line with me. And then also like getting to expand and grow and share my values with people not just in fitness. And do you have any tips for working from home? I know like a lot of people are working from (laughs) home right now and it's like quite an adjustment, you know, like what's helped you working from home? Yeah, honestly, it's my first month. It was so hard where people think like, oh, you know, you know, you're, you're your own boss now. It's so great. It's amazing. It's really, really hard if you're someone who's really driven to give yourself permission to be like, all right, I'm going to take a break. It's okay if I take a day off. It's okay if my schedule looks different. So I would be prepared for myself. Like I didn't give myself any leeway. I was like, all right, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., go to bed at 9 p.m. and like have a really strict schedule. And I just couldn't do it. And so now I'm like, all right, I'm going to wake up at 8. I'm going to work until like 11 or 12 because that's what my schedule is like now. Um, And being like kind and flexible. I think is the biggest thing. Like, don't feel like your routine has to look the same. It has to change. What is a typical day like for you? Yeah. um, It it looks, day-to-day sort of looks different. But right now it is um, getting up every morning and being really intentional. Um, Journaling. I have to journaling type things I'm doing. One is, I don't know if you know John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire, um, but he sent out these like amazing 100-day journals to all his followers actually at the start of quarantine. Um, so every day I'm getting up and doing his journaling, writing out my tasks for the day, 
usually do like some kind of meditation or workout. Um, and then it's, you know, coach, coaching calls. I do get to talk to people like you, podcast interviews, um, working on um, building my, I have a group that I run. We build killer teams for leaders. So I go in and do lives for the group. I do posts, engage, try to support that group um, and then client meetings. And what, what have you learned from like running that group? Do you think like every business should have their own group or every personal brand should start their own Facebook group? Yeah, so I think the big lesson, and this is something that I try to teach my, you know, the leaders that I work with as well. And it's actually, it's a mistake I made too, is that we're, we are so quick to talk about, I did this, like I put out a podcast episode or I made a blog, I made a website. And really people want to join a cause that's bigger than themselves. So with the group, I think the biggest switch that I made was not just talking about, hey, I'm a leadership coach. Like I got promoted 17 times and made this much money and people don't care about that. But when I say, like, I am on a mission to empower and inspire 50,000 leaders to start investing in themselves so they can grow amazing teams that show up for more than a paycheck, you know, people are like, oh, man, like, I want to join that cause. I want to build a team that shows up for more than a paycheck. And it, you know, I, I feel like I'm giving more that way. It's not about me. It's about this cause of building amazing teams who are and how do you find people for your group and what what are your tips for like growing your group yeah so for me it's been leveraging all the connections that I have made so like throughout my career like reaching out individually to people that I think would be a good fit so LinkedIn Instagram Facebook email, text, reaching out to all of those people with the mission first. Whenever I started this new group, it's I'm on this mission and I need people who are going to help me work toward this mission. Um, so that's the first thing, like reaching out to and leveraging people that you already, um, that you already know that you think are going to be your like foundational people. Um, I do a lot of going live in the group and asking for referrals, asking for people to, uh, to like send other like-minded people their, our way. And I have a really clear idea of who I want to join the group. So I talk about like who it is that should join and what are their pain points and what are they feeling? And then people are usually like, Oh, I, I know someone and they'll send. So I've had quite a few people get referred in, and then I think lastly is just join other groups that are similar but non-competing where you can bring value. So, for example, I'm part of a lot of, like, entrepreneur book clubs where, like, I can network and, like, learn about what other people are learning, add value, and you kind of make connections that way. I know, Sophia, um, we met through, I think, what, what group did we meet through? Was it She Podcast or was it... Woman helping woman. Yeah. yeah. One of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I would say just join groups and, like, show up to help people, not spam people um, that are similar but, you know, not competing with you. Yeah. And how is that, like, going live? Like, how often do you go live? And did you have any problems, like, starting to go live? Or were you, like, comfortable with it? Yeah, I'm – I hate being on camera. Like, I'm (laughs) – oh, my God, I – I don't even know how to describe how much I hate it. Like the first few videos I started making when I first started this business, literally it would take me five hours to shoot a one clip because I would do it over and over again. And right. I absolutely hate it. Um, I'm getting better at it. And I would say the biggest thing that helps is just doing it and I would say I probably go live like two or three times a week. Um, And, you know, like things that have helped me are people want a human being. Like when you're too robotic, too authoritative, like people don't connect with that. So like the more authentic and real you can show up, even if it's like you stumble over your words or you look really nervous, like everyone has everyone relates to that. Like people relate to feeling. And if you acknowledge, like, I'm nervous to do this. I don't like doing this, but I'm trying to show up for all of you. I think it means that much more. I would love to talk about your book and like what that process was like creating your book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, the idea, I've always really wanted to write a book. Like, it's something, like, I was the kid that was, like, sitting on my bedroom floor with paper and, like, pencils and, like, trying to write my story um, or type type it and just was like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not good enough to do this, even as a little kid. And the thing that really prompted me to do it was, I don't know if you've ever had that feeling of, like, like being nudged awake at night where you're like sleeping and you wake up and you're just like, Oh my God, I have to write this down. I have to like, you know, I have to get this out. I have to do this thing, whatever it was. And for me, it was like this book where there were so many frustrations that were happening at my last job that like, I wanted to change not my company, but you know, in other places too, with like how leaders were being developed and, um, how teams were being built. And I was like, all right, I want to start changing and I want to do this through writing this book. And it just kept waking me up. It just kept prodding me. Um, that's, that's where it started. And the thing that really, really pushed me over the edge helped me get it done quick. And I feel like this is probably going to be one of the most, one of the most helpful things for everyone listening. If you're young, starting a business, Writing a book establishes you as authority. So if you, this is something where my mentor told me, if 500 people want to write a book, maybe a hundred of them start and like three of them finish and publish. So the fact that you even write the book, publish the book, even if it sucks, hopefully it doesn't suck, but even if it sucks, you've separated yourself And you're the person who is going to take action. You're the person who's willing to do maybe what no one else is. 
So was it like it, hard for you to like sit down and write a book? Did you have to like force yourself to write it? Um, no. So what I what I started to do was I would spend like twenty minutes a day writing and like just committing to that. And it was really hard. Like when I first started, it was like I could hear it out a hundred words, two hundred so so difficult um and I was like all right I'm committed I'm putting the time in I really want to do this so I started looking for a coach uh, and I found this amazing amazing coach who helped me gain clarity on what it was I was really trying to say and when I did that um and when I started working with him like everything just started coming out and got so much clearer so much easier to write um, so that's what I'd say, like, first step for me was just spending the time, am I committed to this, and then finding the coach. And do you think anyone could be a leader? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I, I do think everyone could be a leader. Um, I think... The biggest thing that separates people who want something or, you know, for myself, if you, if you want something or want to go after something is like the action taken. So I think if you want to be a leader and you're committed to making that change, going up, maybe you're not right now. Like one thing, one of my mentors said, and one thing I tell myself all the time is just keep action be completely detached from the outcome. If you want to take more of a leadership role at work or, you know, you're a small business owner who is hiring employees and you don't know how to be a leader yet for your team, start taking action, start learning, and, like, don't get emotional about the outcome. Just keep just keep going. That's what I would say. And how you detach from the outcome? Yeah, it's, it's hard. The, the biggest thing that I do is, like for me, I was so, so guilty of when I first started and I was blogging, I would put out my blog on Facebook and then like two people would I'll be like, oh my God, only two people and nobody gives a shit about what I have to say and like, am I even anything? Like, who am I even making this content for? Like, no one cares about and then I would basically climb under my covers and stay there for a day. And my boyfriend would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so if there's anyone like that, and I know I'm guilty of this, what I would say is like, stop thinking short term. And like, think about if you keep taking action for the next year, you're not going to have time to worry about two people commenting because you're going to have hundreds of people commenting if you're if you're continuing to take action and do the next things so even now like when I put out a post or I live and I'm like oh my god I sounded horrible or no one liked it it's like it doesn't matter in a year from now they're gonna be so freaking good I I won't even remember this moment does, does that help yeah 
And what, what would you say to someone who's like looking to write a book? What advice would you give them? Is there anything you wish you would have known before you wrote your book? Yeah, I think before, for me, when I first started, part of why I was looking for a coach was like, I don't know anything about publishing. I don't know anything about editing. I don't know anything about, there's like so much stuff I didn't know about writing books. There's so much to it. And really, I couldn't even get 200 words each in 20 minutes. So before you start going all the way to the end, I would say pick one small thing, like pick, you're going to write a book 10 minutes a day, write for 10 minutes a day for like a month. And then from there, like see if you're actually going to do it, figure out really why you want to do it. And then start going from there. I think too often my book, like we're just guilty of like going in every direction instead of the most basic thing that's actually going to take a pretty big. Like it doesn't matter if I don't have a publisher if I can't even write a book. And do you think everyone should have a coach? So maybe I do think that. Um, I think for me, when I was, before I started my first job, I, I definitely was in a little bit of like an I'm everything kind of mindset where I was reading and learning from school when people would give me feedback, I could not handle it. Like, I would shut off. I would, the person doesn't know me. They don't get me. Um, and when I finally had a mentor that got through to me, and I realized what an asshole I was <laughs> for lack of a better word, now, like, it, I think having that coach really teaches you how that well, how to be open to it, and Having someone you know and trust give you that feedback and not just a stranger, I think really important. So I would say definitely yes. And even coaches should have, I personally have coaches I'm working with now. And what are you working with now on your coaching with them? What's something that you're working through like right now? Yeah. So one of them is I still work with, so I have book two that's uh, hopefully next month um, called Stan. Um, I've been working with him for the last month and we were only supposed to write the one book and then it turned into two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the first thing books with him. And the second is I am working with Booch to um work on building the Facebook group that I'm in right now. And one of his, you know, one of the big, and I, I talked about this a little bit, in, not just building a group where people spam each other and try to up each other and post random memes, but like a real, a tribe that's, that feels like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And, you know, I'm this guy is someone who has like a tribe of, like 30k 30,000 people he's done this in person like 
Like, I'm always trying to find people much farther ahead of me that can take me to the next level. So I always try to keep that growth mindset. And have you ever had any problems, like, investing in yourself and, like, putting the money in for the coach? Have you ever been like, am I going to get this money back? Is it worth it for me to get a coach? Or were you always in this mindset? Yeah, this is such a good question. Such a good question. So when I, basically, when I first started, had this idea to write this book, this was back in September of 2019. And I did a few sessions with this guy, basically on him. It's like, all right, it's five thousand dollars to join this program. And I was like, oh. And you know, I went back and forth. I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? And I was like, all right, I really want this. I'm committed to doing this. And I kid you not, and I I really mean this. My entire life has changed. Where I was working five a.m. to 9 p.m., like killing myself, working with people that weren't aligned with my values, not investing in myself. As soon as I spent the money and started showing almost call every week, I started changing, started started, I don't know, like changing my habit to the point where even the people in the call were like, oh wow, Alex, you're like, you seem different. And I was like, yeah. And a month after we started, I quit my job. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to write this book. And now here I am, you know, I don't even know how many months later, six months later, you know, my life looks totally different. So it's really, really hard to part with that. But again, 5,000, if I, for, for me, I won't. And like a, a huge business, I want to be very successful. And you know, five thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things is such a small amount. So if you are holding on to five thousand dollars, and I get that, like sometimes you can't part with it. But for me, I I was in a position where I could. But if you are in that position and you really can, and you're holding on to it. You're holding on to a very, very small where, you know, like I should be thinking soon I'm going to have clients pay, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 if, you know, I establish myself as an authority so much more. And what's a common thing that you notice in your clients that you coach them on? Yeah, I think one, one big thing is making sure that they are their their ratio of consuming and creating is equal. So for a lot of clients that I have when they start are consuming and consuming meeting and they're podcasting and they are taking in and they're in a growth that but they're not taking action. So they're not doing after. So if you sit down and you read for 30 minutes, what action has that trigger? Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to have it? Are you implementing? What are you changing? Um, on the other end, if you are constantly giving 
and giving and giving and not consuming, typically you're not in that growth mindset. And typically you're you miss being, you're kind of in that like, I know everything kind of state. So I think it's important to find that balance where you make time to consume and take in, but you also give out and you're practicing what you preach as well. And how do you think, like, going through this pandemic right now, how do you think that's going to change, like, the coaching industry? Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, this is the first time navigating any of this, so it's hard to say for sure. I think for me, like, personally, this, this new coach that I'm working with, I started working with about two weeks ago. I think people spend money on what's important to them um they always know so i think it, i think that this doesn't make irrelevant i think it's making sure like you are a coach you are like really zoning in on what people are doing and how like kind of adjusting a little bit if you need to like i've had tons of friends that have their own businesses that have like so much is coming up so much material prepared and they had to scrap everything weeks and weeks of work so i think it's still going to be relevant if you are going if you adjust to what's going on and you're tone deaf to what's happening so even like this like if we're on this podcast and like pretended like everything was fine and nothing was happening in the world i think people like it, it's incentive it's like almost a little bit insensitive so i would just make sure like still relevant you just very very sensitive to uh, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from like one of your clients yeah this is this is a good question um yeah, this is a hard one. So, for me, when I first started coaching, my instinct was to give everything. So, for example, if I have a leader in front of me who asks me, how am I supposed to have this hard conversation with this person? Or how am I supposed to on this issue for me I have the answer I'm like all right I could tell you and in the past I would have just given you the answer and been like this is how you say it how you do it um and what I found was a lot of the time that resulted in really short-term results so they would do it then they wouldn't be able to do it again. And so instead, now ask something, I try to instead be like, what do you think you should do? Like guide them through the process instead of just giving them. That's, that's a really big thing I've learned. Like guide people, don't just, because if you give, you're going to get people that are completely dependent on you and don't know how to work through that same issue that comes up down the line 
And that's not what I want. Like, I want to be the coach, the teacher, not the coach that makes people dependent on them. So is there anything you wish you would have known before you started your own business? Probably the biggest thing is that your support system pretty radically changes through the process. Um, I think your friends and family who aren't entrepreneurs and aren't business owners only relate so much and only want to support you so much. So one, I would tell them really explicitly what, what it is that you need from them, but also be really prepared to make new connections and especially friendships. Um, join other masterminds and groups that are going to have people that are in similar positions as you. Um, I think I spent my first month really just trying to use the people, use my friends and family members, um, which who are great, but they don't know, they don't understand the pain of starting your own business and getting rejected and, you know, content creation and like all the things that come with starting your own business, they don't relate to. So find people because it's going to be really, really lonely if you don't and much harder to go through if not. Mm-hmm. And for your parents, was anyone in your family like scared when you told them I'm like leaving my job and then create my own business? Were any of them like worried about it? Um, I think... Yeah, I think they were. Me as a person, I'm, I've never really listened to anything they've said. <laughs> when I left college, I mean, I got a job as a personal trainer, and they were like, is it a real job? And then I went on, like, eventually oversee, like, five the gyms and was, like, the mentor company. So, like, I think I, in that first experience like have proved that like I can take something that they don't necessarily believe in and really create things with it. But I definitely had my fair share of people at my, at the company I was leaving in my ear saying things like, you know, that like startups fit three to four times and you know how hard it is. And like, I don't understand why you're sacrificing much. Like we've given so much and, don't you realize how lucky you are to be in the position you're in? Um, I actually left the job after I got promoted again. And, you know, I think that rubs some people the wrong way. But for me, if I'm not, if I'm not giving a hundred percent of my energy and feel a hundred on, like I don't want to be somewhere where I'm half-assing the news. And how'd you like, tune out your family or tune out the people at your work yeah it's it's super hard it's something that like I still am dealing with now I take very very seriously the five people you're an average of the five people you surround yourself with and that could be virtually that could be in person um I think for me it's trying to keep things as black and white as possible. So I'll give like a, a personal example where, you know, like my mom had a, a hard relationship and there's times where she's very negative 
then there's times where, you know, she's very deprecating. And when I hear it, like, you absorb whatever is coming at you. And, you know, there's been so many times where I've like, I, I can't be around you if you're talking like this. I can't be around you if you're going to that I can't build a business with people with self-talk in my ear and like very honestly like there's been points where like I've had to stop talking to her or block her because like there's been so much negativity and I I love mom but like I think there's a point where you have to ask yourself regardless of if they're your family if you've been friends with you for god knows how long like is this person like enhancing your life or are they pulling you back in some way even if you and like try to forget about all of those other that are there and I'm not saying you cut people out or that you don't you're not empathetic to what they're struggling with but I think be real and cut, cut the people that really are not serving you And can I ask about how you met your boyfriend online on OkCupid? Okay, so what was that like? Did you think you were going to meet anyone on a dating app? And like, how did you approach him? And how did you know that this is someone I actually want to date? Yeah, I actually thought he was really weird. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) But like, I thought you were going to be weird. So I made him FaceTime me before we did anything. And I was like, all right, you're not so bad. Um, but we had this, like, love of working out and, like, lifting. So that's what we bonded over. And I hadn't found, like, too many people that, like, really on that level. Um, but I think I think he messed And then I think said something about wanting to walk near, like, a creek near his house. And I was like, that sounds really weird. Like, <laughs> understand what that came across so like okay I still am like do you remember that time that you asked me to walk by the on our first date like hindsight here like <laughs> um yeah so we went to the cheesecake factory were you on like multiple dating apps were you only on okcupid was that your favorite app no I, I think at the time this was like how long ago this was like five years ago um but i was on okay cupid i was on oh my god i can't even remember i was on a few though but i think okay cupid at the time was like the best one and there were some other like really 80 ones i think plenty of fish was one but it was like really like i don't even know like not great yeah so, okay, keep it was my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And what are you learning through your twenties right now? The yeah, I think the biggest thing is that I am someone who's really introverted and a little bit quiet, and that used to be like a paralyzing me especially when I was younger and so 
there were times where I held back or I didn't speak my mind or didn't use my voice, even though there were scenarios where I should have. And so now it's constantly telling myself that like you have a voice, you deserve to have a voice. Like there's so many people who hear what you have to say. And when I say you, like not just me, but like, you know, you and like all the other women and like the people in their twenties that are listening to this. Oh, like it doesn't matter if you're young, have an opinion, you have something really valid to say and you did not let someone else take that away from you. And if you could go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? (laughs) That's such a good question. I think, I would tell myself to, whenever I talk to myself or I have those voices that, are, that say things that aren't super nice, I would, I, would, I would ask my younger self, would I talk to my, if I, I talk to myself as a child like that, meaning like when I was 18 and I was trying to lose and I would have a breakdown because I wasn't fit enough or I didn't look the way I wanted to look or I, I, I just didn't like myself. Like, are, is that how you talk to, like, the child version? Say those things to you, six-year-old you? Is that, you know, no one would tell a child that they're ugly and that they're, they can't do anything and that they are not enough. But I think as we get older, like, it becomes acceptable. But you would never say that to a kid. So, like, I would I would try to tell myself to be kinder and talk to myself as if I was that child love. Is there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? Mm. I don't think so. I think you did a really great job. I, I really hope that helps... You know, women who are, you know, struggling and don't have a voice or want to step up and be leaders in their workplace and their family. I hope it inspires you and I hope that you realize that a lot of the things that you want to do are much more within your reach than you think. Where can people connect with you? So the main way would be through my Facebook group. We build killer teams and it's for anyone who is looking to um, take on more of a leadership role either in their families in their workplace so it's a really supportive community um, you can also find me just on Facebook Alex Carmelli B-A-R-M-E-L-I and those are the, the main ways so I'd love to hear from any of you guys who are um, you know looking to be leaders or you know, struggling to show up in some of those. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. If you know someone who might resonate with this story, please share it with them. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.